Hey everybody, it's your favorite podcaster Kaylee and I'm back with another bonus episode. Today we are going to discuss Young and the Restless first and then General Hospital last. And I want to give y'all a huge thing. Guess what? I'm fully caught up on both so I can fully explore every single thing and share my thoughts with y'all and just a fun fact if you want access to these episodes earlier you can always check out my website khocreates.com k is spelled k-a-e and you can check that out and on the balanced life with kaylee tab you'll see all the episodes just like that snap of a finger cool so jumping in with young and the restless so i want to discuss chatham and like I've said before, I love them when their love story first began. But right now, it's just so toxic. I think, you know, once he gets out <laughs> after being admitted, he needs to just be alone and heal for like a super strong year. And, you know, I just feel like this flip is so sudden. Going back to Chatham itself, him begging and wanting Chelsea back. Like, Cher was all on your mind just a few weeks ago. And you were yelling in a public vicinity where everyone can hear about how much you love her and y'all being destined to be together. But now, after embarrassing Chelsea, he's begging again. Boy, bye. And you know, just thinking of begging and trying to get somebody back, I think Valentino on GH, he begs better. And he's more in-depth with his quest, especially trying to win Nina back. But yeah, shifting back to Young and the Restless, Chelsea is just so vulnerable and susceptible. So we'll see what happens. And I just want to pause and remind everyone that the way I do these episodes um, for this, when I do it on a podcast, I go episode by episode. So some of this will be further back. And then by the end, we'll get to the most up-to-date episode. When I do my blog posts, and if you didn't know, I do do blog posts on General Hospital Young and the Restless, again, on my website. With that, I group it by character. So you'll get the most up-to-date in that way. But yeah, this one's this week, just podcast only. So yeah, um, so just shifting gears a little bit, there was a moment on screen where I actually felt Adam's pain. Mark Grossman just faced, um, his face just delivered in that moment, you know, and I felt like that was stellar, you know, subtle acting. And it's probably the only moment that I felt attachment to the Montavo storyline. Phyllis is so messy though, like shifting gears. She's so messy, but it's in a fun way when it relates to Amanda and I really do like their friendship. Okay, and let's talk about Devon and Amanda's non-date, but kind of date-like night. So the glass they were drinking from, huge. And Devon was totally eyeing Amanda. Like I said, they still sparkle, you know, and I'll accept them if they go that route. And, you know, when I was thinking about it, I was like, actually, they should go that route for a bit because they need to make Billy work for our girl because he's paid her dust lately. And I do not like that. So shifting back to Phyllis, especially in regards to Faith and Nick, Phyllis should have told Nick from the jump that's his child I understand you know him being angry and dismissing her to talk to Faith in that regard again I like Nick in dad mode it's more of a well-rounded version of him and I like that he held Faith's feet to the fire you know she's given so many manipulative BS answers and you know honesty is moving honesty moves and I still recognize that Faith is full of it though like she'll still be manipulative but with that said Nick is making the same mistake as Phyllis, and we saw that um, when Sharon found out the truth. Sharon is Faith's mother. Cancer or not, remission or not, she deserves to know. And like I said, she was angry too, and rightfully so. And he called Phyllis irresponsible, but sir, you're being irresponsible too. When Phyllis called Faith out, um, I noticed that 
faith gave Phyllis a quick, angry, and low-key hateful look. And you never know. It, and, and for me, you know, it's crazy. Um, as a child, I was never rebellious or acted out. So when I see this on TV and I see people on the boards talking about their children going through it, I'm like, but we never put our mom through it like that. Well, I know I didn't. So <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> But yeah, and you know, again, talking about flips and things being so abrupt, Faith has been good for so long. So what is it about Jordan that sparks this within her See, to act this way, to act out? You know, she's been through a lot, but this wasn't a gradual thing. It was just sudden. And I feel like that's so many things on the show, just so many sudden abrupt changes. But it's interesting how everybody's pushing Devon and Amanda. Phyllis is, and even Lily, it's like Elena is like a shunned black sheep. Did, like, Lily ever even really like her because she just switched to Amanda so quick? Or is Lily pushing it to secure Billy for herself because she knows Amanda and Billy were a thing, even if unofficially? And just going back to Lily and, and Amanda, I did not like Lily questioning Amanda. Yes, Amanda is corporate and typically you do need to get a criminal attorney. But she's been trained on everything. And she said herself that she had a focus on criminal justice at first. And just from law school, personal experience here, you do take classes in different areas. And so do medical students. They do rotations and clinicals in different areas. So it's just like, you know, don't talk like Amanda's not there or like she doesn't have a sound mind to know how to approach a legal situation. It just, and to me, that moment just affirmed, you know, my earlier expressed thought. She doesn't want Billy and Amanda spending time together. And for me, I was like, is it a tease of maybe Amanda being a real threat? But then, you know, here Billy goes calling Lily hot and wanting to kiss her again and not being able to stop thinking about her. So there's that just more abrupt changes. Elena's dream segment sequence it reminded me of Abby's. And I'm not a fan of filler, especially when the show is already moving at a snail's pace and barely anything really happening, you know? So let's go back to Sharon really quick when she committed Adam. I'll be safe. That's what she said to Ray. Aren't you on your way to go affirm why you think a man needs to be committed because he's unstable and a danger to himself and others, but you're telling Ray that you'll be safe. Like, girl, come on. Again, an example of one of my favorites acting up part two. Billy is part one. And, you know, shifting back to Chatham, I understand why Chloe hates Adam. But you can't give an ultimatum on who Chelsea should choose. You should never do that. But I will say that Chloe has the right to exit, you know, the toxicness that she's indirectly or directly rather exposed to, even though Chloe's toxic herself. You know, she has to protect her mental health and friends are not required to stay unconditionally. Their friendship needed to end. And it honestly hasn't made sense for a while. So, yeah. I like Elena and Lola as roommates and friends. I think they work. They're different, but they're also similar. And listen, the way that Lola described Nate, like, girl, do you want him too? Like, she sounded super attracted to him, which if they don't do a late in the end um, as endgame, even though they're going for that right now, if they're not endgame, then I would be interested in a Nate and Lola screen test. And I've already came up with a name for them. They could be Lola. I'm sorry. That is Lola. <laughs> they could be Nola. So what do you guys think? Anyway, so shifting back again and just shifting gears to Adam, the way he ran out of that room, y'all, when Victor was trying to have him committed, I cackled. I'm interested in this storyline now, you know, with him being admitted. So hopefully they make this worth it. And I actually did feel bad for him again. 
And again, just a reminder, my thoughts on the podcast are voiced in order of how I saw them, like in episode order. So with that in mind, green looks great on Sharon Case. And on another note, um, I love Mariah's body type. I like that it's different, you know. I find her and her shape beautiful and more representative of society. And if you know there's no Nola, you know, Nate and Lola, I want Mariah paired with Lola. Like Mariah needs a storyline and moreover, I think they have chemistry. Lola's still relatively new to the show, to dating, into a love life. So you could easily make her buy and not be going out of the way or doing a strong rewrite. So there's my thoughts on that. But stepping out of the more superficial notes that I just said, Victoria said Adam was the dangerous one, the one at its lowest or his lowest. Okay, yeah, he's struggling for sure. But Victoria says, you're not doing well yourself. You need some intensive therapy. And shifting back to Amanda and Elena as well, I love that Amanda still sees Elena as a friend. I love black friendships. I love friendships between women in general. And it made me happy that they spent Thanksgiving together and that men didn't divide them. And I love Lola coming home too. I love seeing a tribe of women. These interactions are meaningful and I want all shows to realize that. And listen, back to Phyllis being messy. Not her being unintentionally messy and spilling the tea on Faith and then Nick's live omission to Sharon. And on a funny note, shifting back to the whole cheating scandal with Nate and Devon and them having Thanksgiving together. There was a funny moment when Nate was like, you think Lily is coming back? And Devon was like, nah, she ain't coming back. Like, that was just so funny. The way Devon, aka Brighton, delivered it, priceless. So that wraps up all of my thoughts on Young and the Restless. And now I'm going to shift to my thoughts on GH. All right. So kicking off GH, we are going to discuss the intervention. So Diane's like, I would make a deal with the double comment. It was so funny. And, you know, she was just also flawlessly vulnerable during the intervention in a way that we don't typically get to see from Diane. And outside of Ava, I would say Diane is one of my most favorite characters on the show. Side note, I love how Valentine is so unbothered by all the shots, slanders, and threats. Like, that's energy. <laughs> I also love that, you know, he moved Alexis's legs and he just his kind words to her. I love their bond and I just love that there's kind of a sibling love between them. I think it's sweet. And just speaking of sweet bonds, I also love the bond between Cam and Franco that they developed. I think it's just really amazing. For the explosion, now, there really should have been some fire, even if it was localized inside. I know money is tight, budget, and then there's COVID to consider, but still, give us some fire, give us some smoke. Like, it didn't feel like a real explosion whatsoever. But shifting more to the fallout, so the moment that Lulu called Dustin, I knew he was going to be killed. They haven't done much with him on the show, so I was like, he's an easy, you know, target for this. And, you know, I'm also busy. So I was spoiler free. I didn't know that, you know, Dustin was going to be killed. And I didn't know that Dev was going to be killed. But I'm not surprised to see Dev exit. Same thing. They didn't know what to do with him. And they also just ran the infamous bus over him. And I hate, I will say that I hate now that the team quad is now a trio. And just please, even though I know it's coming, please no love triangle. Please just let them be friends. Because I know Trina's going to be the one left out. And you know how strongly I do not want that to be, you know. 
And also just thinking about the fallout. I have a complicated relationship with my dad, much like Sam. And I still have moments where I lean in and he hugs me and I just feel comforted. And just, you know, I like that moment between Sam and Julian. Though with his exit, you know, coming and his role in the explosion, I know that kind of tenderness is not for long. I also love seeing Meg Scorpio, by the way. Have to just throw that in there. But moving on, the way Brando described his relationship with Dev, it would have been nice to see it on screen. I'm so tired of off-screen GH. Like, can we bring off-screen GH to on-screen GH sometimes? Because it seems like there's a lot of good stuff going on in the off-screen world. So, just a reminder, by the way, as I mentioned to my Young and the Restless fam, when I do a podcast episode on the soap operas, I'm going in order of the episodes that I've seen. So, my thoughts will flow in that way. And so with that in mind, you know, I don't blame Valentine, you know, for just saying, you know, I don't want your gratitude to Sam. Like you've talked all this crap about me all night. And then even as you thank me, you still talk crap. You know, I wouldn't want that gratitude either. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, the thing about doing good, you have to do it for the love of doing good. If you expect applause, it's not real. And Valentine did it out of pure love and respect for Alexis, which I appreciate. And a few last thoughts on GH. So I just want to take a moment to highlight Cameron, a.k.a. William Limpton, the actor. He had a great initial reaction to Dev's death. The best out of the quad. Well, really the trio since Dev is dead. But yeah, Cameron had a great reaction to it. An actor being able to emote and deliver tears so young is pretty good. So many grown, like grown actors on this show other soap operas and even prime time don't have the same ability so shout out to william and like i said it looks like now jocelyn's going to admit her feelings and they're going for jocelyn and cam which is just too predictable too in line to do something fresh do something new show black girls love show that representation dabble in interracial love just be what society is represent that stop taking the easy simple way out and that wraps up my thoughts. I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I appreciate all of the love and support. I hope that you all had a lovely Thanksgiving. I hope that you're doing well. And I'll see you next time.